Hallelujah. He has done great things for me. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Woo. Glory to the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. He's done great things. Great, 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 great things. And great things are in the making. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Ah, yes. Glory to the name of Jesus. I'd like for all of us now to turn our attention to the Word of God. If you would, turn to the book of Hebrews, chapter 5. Amen. If you have your iPhone or iPad, uh, let me see you at Hebrews, chapter 5. I'm not, I'm, you know, let me see your phone in the air. Children, if you're in here, teenagers, let me see you. Hebrews chapter 5. Help them get there. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 5. You know, the reading, the reading of the scriptures is so important. Scripture says, give yourselves to the public reading of the scriptures. Amen. So when we come together and we read the scriptures, it's vital to us growing in our faith in the Lord. So Hebrews chapter 5, I'm going to begin at verse uh, number 5. I don't want to read all of this. I th it was read earlier. It's the same scripture from our uh, New Testament reading, beginning at verse 5. So also Christ did not glorify himself to become high priest. But it was he who said to him, you are my son. It was God who said to Christ, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. As he also says in another place, you are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him, who was able to save him from death, and was heard because of his godly fear. Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him, called by God as high priest according to the order of Melchizedek, of whom we have much to say and hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God, and you've come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a baby. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, 
not laying again the foundation of repentance from, the, from dead works and of faith toward God, of doctrines of baptism, of baptisms, of laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And this we will do if God, if God permits. So <clears throat> I want to talk about uh, spiritual maturity. I probably said a lot about that over the course of time, but, you know, as I prayed about the message today, this is where the Lord took me, and this is what I had to preach, because it's not my will that must be done, but it's God's will. Spiritual maturity, the goal of every Christian. Amen? The goal of every Christian. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you that when your word goes forth, it will not return to you void, but it will accomplish all that you desire. Thank you that you prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. Thank you for sending your word to us today. And thank you for what your word is going to accomplish in our lives as we yield ourselves to your word and embrace it. Have your way. Be glorified. Be glorified now. Release a fresh anointing of your spirit upon me that I might minister under your anointing. Thank you for ears to hear. Thank you for hearts, wills, volition to receive. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Spiritual maturity. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, God expects you and me to grow into spiritual maturity. Hallelujah. Whenever the word of God is preached or taught, it's in some way geared toward believers moving from where they are in their spiritual growth to another level of growth, another level of spiritual age, and to the ultimate level of spiritual maturity. Even though, because we're finite beings and can always grow in the Lord, it's a lifelong effort on our part to become spiritually mature believers. It's not an overnight thing. Amen. It's not a five-year thing. Amen. It is something that we engage in all of our lives. Amen. Amen. Messages on spiritual maturity by their very nature suggest that, 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 that people to whom they are addressed are in the Lord. Are you listening? And they're already growing. So we're not saying whenever we talk about spiritual maturity that you're not in the Lord and that you're not already growing. But messages are designed to push us a bit further. Amen. You know, uh, you're already doing some of the right things. But there are more, there's more that you can do. All right? More that you can be doing that will, go, that will give evidence of the fact uh, that, that you are growing towards spiritual maturity. Somebody said, there's more that I can be doing. 
Yeah, yeah. In the passage of Scripture that the Lord took me to for today's message, the Lord is encouraging this Jewish Christian congregation to remain faithful in the Lord and not slip back to their Jewish faith. Amen. Uh, and slip back under the law. So he's encouraging them. And in this particular passage here in the fifth and sixth chapter, he has given them a warning because apparently there are some who are not growing in spiritual maturity like they should be. As a matter of fact, some of them are slipping away. They're slacking up. They're sliding backwards. Amen. And, and so this is a this is a chapter of, of warning. It's a chapter of, uh, of encouragement. And we know about warnings. Uh, you see warning signs along the highway. You know, uh, you see warning signs on food that you buy. If you read them, you know, and you know what you're looking for, there are warnings all around us. Do not touch. Do not taste. This contains this, you know. Uh, this contains that. This can cause cancer. This can cause some other effect. There are warnings all around you. You listen to the television, and there's a new drug that has come out, and there's a warning attached to the medicine. You know, so we know about warnings. And, and, and so this is what this passage of Scripture does here. It warns the believers about the danger of slipping away from the faith that they have been brought into and slipping away from growing in the spiritual maturity. Amen. The Lord expects you and me to grow every day. Amen. Amen. To move towards spiritual maturity every day. It's not, you know, our mindset should not be about maintaining where I am. Our mindset should be, I want to grow in the Lord. I want to move from where I am to another level in the Lord. All right? Amen. So, so this, this passage of Scripture kind of focuses us in on this. Amen. Uh, and he's, he's speaking to uh, these immature believers, and he says something that undergrads the fact that they were growing to some degree. All right? In verse 9 he says, But beloved, we're confident of better things concerning you, yes, things that accompany salvation, though we speak in this manner. For God is not unjust to forget your work of, work of faith, your work and labor of love, which you've shown toward his name in that you ministered to the saints and you do minister. It is, and, and you do minister. So it's acknowledged here after speaking to them about the things that, 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 are, that give evidence to what their spiritual immaturity that they are in the Lord and they're working in the Lord. Wow, now think about that. They're in the Lord and they're working, but, and there's evidence that that's happening, but they're in danger of slipping into immaturity. So they're coming to the fellowship of believers. Some of them are probably winning souls, but there is danger of them slipping away into immaturity. So as I was writing this, I heard in my spirit that, that, that this is something that we in the body of, of Christ today should watch out for. Don't think that just because you're ministering or serving in some capacity in the fellowship of believers or that you know some scriptures that you're spiritually mature or that you've reached a high enough level in spiritual maturity that you can stop maturing 
or stop growing. Don't ever think that. You know, don't think that you're all right just as you are. Amen. Don't ever get to the point that, 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 that you think that, that all is well with me and the Lord. You can't stop growing. You can't stop maturing. Amen. And you know what? The Lord allows things to happen to us along the way if we pay attention to show us that we're not as mature as we think we are. Yeah, yeah. Spiritual maturity, the journey towards spiritual maturity is a lifelong endeavor. Just because you're doing something in the fellowship, whether you're, whether you're preaching in the pulpit or ministering on the praise team, amen, or serving on the usher board or serving in the choir, it does not mean that you're spiritually mature. <laughs> amen. And it does not mean that the message applies to somebody else. And it doesn't apply to me. You know, we get, and we've heard people say, Lord, somebody, that person should have heard that. They should have been in church today to hear that message. No, but you were in worship, and you heard the message. Maybe the Lord was, was ministering to you, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. So some of us are guilty of the things that's mentioned in this text that give evidence to spiritual immaturity. Amen. Mm. The context of this particular section is dealing with the priesthood of Christ and the salvation that he obtained and made possible for us through his obedience and death on the cross. The writer of Hebrews, you know, teaches us that Christ is the all-sufficient high priest. There is no need to go back under the law. There's no need to go back to the old uh, uh, practices of the faith that you are under, that Christ is the all-sufficient one. He is the great high priest. Amen. 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 And then he has obtained our salvation through his obedience and death on the cross. It's in this context of this teaching that we learn about how to grow into spiritual maturity, all right? Rest assured that God wants you to become spiritually mature. He does. You are much more effective as a believer. You are much more effective in your life, in your relations with your family members, in your relations with people on your job, in your relation with whomever, you are much more effective as a worker in the Lord. You are much more effective as a worshiper and definitely much more effective as a warrior when you are growing into spiritual maturity. Amen. Amen. Then you ever would be if you remain immature. Think about it. You know, maybe we don't... We don't make these connections, but even in worship, if you're spiritually mature in the Lord, then it doesn't take the praise team to make you interested in the worship. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you're interested already because you, you are a worshiper. Yeah, and you engage in worship. You know, you'd be surprised sometimes how there are some songs that just don't move you when you sit there and you're not moved. And sometimes it's not the words of the song, 
is that it's not the beat that you like. So when we are, praise the Lord, and everybody's, yeah, and they, you know, and sometimes when things are slow and mellow, and we're not engaged in worship, we can get distracted. Worship was boring today. You know, we get used to the fire. Yeah. And we're ready to... Uh, and then when things slow down, it's not the same anymore. When, when you know, that were, several years ago, we had a preacher come, uh, and she was preaching. And, and after I got up and exhorted the people, you know, service is kind of like, you know, kind of mellowing down. And I got up and exhorted you all, and folk just started standing up and praising the Lord. She said, you all ought to stop working your bishop so hard. Which is the truth, you know. I, sometimes I'll come and worship, and and things are just down. And I, you know, I, because I'm a worship, I know how to encourage you to worship. But I shouldn't have to do that. No, 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 no. You ought to be encouraged. Amen. Yeah, you ought to be on fire when you come in the worship. But but it a lot of that deals with your maturity level, where you're able to rise above your circumstance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that may may have you down and say, I'm gonna bless the Lord anyhow. You know, you know, it's it's let me tell you something. It's easy to say, I'm gonna bless the Lord anyhow when you're not going through anything. But it's when you're going through something. When 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 you when 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 sickness has attacked your body up when there's a death of a loved one in your family and you say I'm gonna bless the Lord anyhow yeah. ah that, that makes the difference it makes the difference yeah yeah it's easy you, you can stand up and praise the Lord you ain't going through nothing go through something Go through something. And then, then your praise is not just tears because of what you're going through. Your praise is a praise that you believe God is going to bring you to victory in the midst of your situation. And even if he does not, you will not bow. Whew. Yeah. Yeah. So God wants us to grow. He wants us to grow into spiritual maturity. And and, 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 and and we find that in the Scripture. We find it in the Scripture. 1 Peter 3 and 18. We're admonished, we are admonished to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. James says this, count it all joy mm. when you fall into divers' trials, knowing that the trying of your faith produces patience. Lord, have mercy. This is an impatient generation. Yeah, yeah. You know, people our age, my age and what have you, we, we, we're kind of losing patience. But the younger generation, they never had it. You know, it's microwave. It's like we want it to happen right now. You know, it's time to eat dinner. So we don't take an hour to cook. We go and get TV dinners and pop them in the microwave. Oh, no, we don't do that. We go to McDonald's and we go to Burger King, you know. Yeah, that's what a lot of young people do, you know. And, and so 
even in natural things in life, they're learning not to develop patience. They want it right now. It's going to affect their walk with the Lord. You know, sometimes hearing these things sound like we're just down on young people. No, we're not down on young people. We just know it's going to affect your walk with the Lord because the Lord doesn't move when you want him to move. He doesn't come as fast as you want him to come. And your tears don't move God. Hear me good now. This may sound harsh, but your tears don't move God. Your faith moves God. Hear me good. You can cry all night long, but your tears don't move God. It is your faith that moves God. Search the scriptures. See if I'm not telling you the truth. Amen. So he says, he says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials because the trying of your faith produces patience. And let patience have its complete work. That means that patience is going to take you through. If you're going to get patience, you're going to go through some things. Patience has to have its complete work in you so that you will be complete, you will be entire, and you will not lack anything. You can't bypass this, saints. You can't bypass what the Scripture says and get to where you want to get to. All right? Worldly philosophy will not get you there. Education will not get you there. This is a spiritual walk. This is a spiritual warfare. And, and your intellect will not get you to where you need to be in God. Yeah, yeah. Peter says, Peter says in 2 Peter 1 and 2, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and Jesus, uh, Jesus our Lord. As his divine power has given you everything that pertains unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him who's called you by virtue and glory. But also for this reason, he goes on to say, add, given all diligence, add to your faith, virtue, add to virtue, knowledge, add to knowledge, uh, self-control, add to self-control, perseverance, add to perseverance, godliness, add to godliness, Brotherly kindness. Add to brotherly kindness love. Wow. So then what the Bible is saying to me is, I've got everything I need when I got saved. All right. But I've got to grow in this. And I've got to add to my faith. I've got to continue to grow in my faith. And I've got to add these different elements. Where do I get them from? And get them from my walk in the Lord. I get it from sitting under the teaching of the Word of God. Because let me tell you something. You're not going to know this just because you come to church. Some of you all forgot where I started at in the message already. So by the time I finish, you will have forgotten most of what I said. I know that. That's not going to make me preach 15 minutes. It means that you need to be diligent to go back and listen to the message over and over and over again so you can get the meat from what God has given you today. Because there's no substitute for growth. There's no substitute. If you want your children to grow and be healthy, you got to feed them right. 
And you got to feed them regularly. Amen. You cannot expect your children to be healthy if you give them junk food all the time. McDonald's was not designed for your children to be healthy. McDonald's was designed to make somebody rich. Duh. Burger King, all those other places, they were not designed for your health. They were designed to make somebody rich. God designed things for your health. And he gave food regulations in the Bible that most people have thrown away. Because we said, well, the New Testament said, just bless it. We can eat anything we want to eat. Well, the Bible says, be modest in all things. So some of us are not modest even in eating everything we want to eat. Listen to me. Are y'all listening? Is it making any sense to anybody? I don't want to go on and on and on, but I have a burden for you. So you can't just go out and eat fried chicken all the time. It's deep fried. Oil has a breaking point where it breaks down. And therefore, it's not any more good for you. Do you think that Kentucky Fried Chicken and Bojangles and, 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 and all of these other places are concerned about when the oil breaks down? They're designed to make money. But when you cook at home, then you're in control of what you eat and how you, what you put in your food. So you go to the restaurant, and man, that steak tastes wonderful. And you see them on television, and they put a big old clump of butter on the steak, and they fried it in butter. You say, what steak did you have? Well, just watch the, watch the commercials. You say, what's wrong with butter? It's animal fat. It's one of the worst fats you can eat. But it's better than margarine. And Lord knows some people still cooking with margarine. You say, what's wrong with margarine? Leave it sitting out for six months and see if it changes. <laughs> Amen. These things are not designed for your health. They're designed to make money, but God says he wants to give you wisdom. Let me go and preach this message. Because I'm about to lose somebody. Somebody about to get mad at me right now because I'm up in your house and in your refrigerator, in your freezer. Praise the Lord. <laughs> God wants you to grow. God wants you to learn things. Amen. This is the order of day for the believer. You're not to stay at one place in your life. Yeah. yeah. Every born again Christian, you're supposed to be growing. And so in this passage, we learn some things. And you, you're probably going to say, I already know this. All right. Well, if you already know it, listen to it again, okay? Notice some things that will help us on this journey of perpetual, this perpetual journey of spiritual maturity. Uh, in verse 10, I believe it's verse 10. Let's see. Uh, okay, I'm going to go past verse 10. And it says in verse 11, it's talking about Christ, the high priest, and it says in verse 11, are y'all with me? Do you still have your Bibles open? Chapter 5, verse 11. Are you looking? Yeah. All right. I'm going to read it. Okay. 
I'm going to do some things a little different going forward. I want y'all to start following me in the Word. I was in a revival one time, and the lady said, you see that demon out there? When I opened my Bible and started reading, uh, he opened this Bible and started reading, checking up behind me. I looked at her like, ooh, what's wrong with you? <laughs> what is the Bible for? You follow me when I preach and when I teach, all right? Check up behind me. That's okay. That's what the early church did. They went back after the apostles taught them, and they searched the Scriptures to see if what the apostles told them was the truth. So what were they doing? They were growing. It's, it makes a world of difference when you read something for yourself. Amen. Of whom we have much to say and hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. I got a lot to teach you about Christ. I have a lot to teach you about his priesthood. But I'm at a place with you that what I have to teach you is difficult to explain to you because you have stopped listening. You have become dull of hearing. They stopped listening to the teaching. They stopped listening to the Lord. Now, what does that say to me? If I'm to become spiritually mature, I've got to always listen to the Lord, which means I've got to listen to the teaching. I've got to listen to the preaching. But I've also got to study the Bible so that I hear for myself what the Lord says. And when I hear it, when I read it, I cannot continue to argue, to argue with the Lord and to fuss with the Lord and to debate with God about whether what he says is true or not. Jesus says, I am the way. What else? Truth and the life. Nobody else. So I need to listen to him. And I need to make sure that I don't allow myself to get in a place where I become dull of hearing, where I stop listening. Dull of hearing means, you know, like a sharp knife and it gets dull, it can't cut anymore. So when you turn, your, turn a deaf ear to the, to, the, to the word of God, you become dull of hearing. They have become dull of hearing. Maturity requires listening. Are y'all listening? To grow into spiritual maturity requires listening. These Christians addressed in this letter have developed the bad habit of not listening. That's a dangerous place to be. When you don't listen to God, you're going to listen to somebody else. You listen to the world, you listen to your flesh, or you listen to the devil. There's no way to live in this life and say, I'm not going to listen to God, but I'm not going to listen to this other stuff. The devil sends messages every day. Your flesh sends messages every day. 
The world has messages all around you. How many of you see billboards when you ride along? Yeah. How many of you listen to the radio? And they have commercials, right? Are they talking about Jesus? Sometimes, depending on the Christian radio, they ain't talking about Jesus. <laughs> I stopped listening to one radio station one time because they had commercials that were not about Jesus, not about living godly. So, 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 so if I'm going to grow in the spiritual maturity, I need to always listen. There are voices all around you speaking. What are you listening to? What are you listening to? Your flesh is talking to you. How do you deal with it? Don't say that your flesh don't talk to you. That's a lie and the truth ain't in you. <laughs> My flesh told me this morning, stay in the bed a little while longer. Now, I wanted to come to church, but I wanted to sleep. And I was surprised that I my alarm clock woke me up at 6 o'clock this morning because I thought, well, it's an hour extra sleep. I'll wake up at 5 o'clock. Nope. My flesh said, stay in the bed. Yesterday, my flesh said, stay in the bed. Your flesh speaks to you. Who are you going to listen to? Who are you going to listen to? The devil speaks to you. He prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And so how does he get to you? He speaks to your mind. He sends messages. He sends thoughts to your mind. So you're going to listen. But what we need to do if we're going to grow into spiritual maturity is that we need to listen to God. You know, one of the greatest differences between what God tells you and what Satan tells you. Listen to me good. The devil does not mean you any good. He does not. Whatever he tells you, it may sound good, but the end of it is not going to be good. Because he has one intention. Still, kill, destroy. Whatever God tells you, even if it's a difficult thing for you to swallow, is for your good. I'm going to get to some difficult things in just a minute because I don't know if Christians really read some difficult things sometimes. And difficult things, they challenge us. They challenge us. So to listen to God, what do I need to do? I need to get in His Word every day. I need to be in His Word on a regular daily basis. Listen, stop this excuse that you don't have time to study the Word of God because that is a lie from the pit of, of, of the devil. And you, if you bought into that lie, then you will never make the time to get into the Word of God. Something will always get in the way. That's another tool of the enemy because the devil knows that when you begin to get into the Word of God and the Word of God begins to get into you, it brings light. It brings understanding. It helps you grow closer to God. Amen. Y'all still with me? All right? All right. So you got to listen. You got to listen. You got to read. You got to study. You got to sit under the preaching. You got to sit under the teaching. You need to be taking notes. And after you take the notes, you need to go back and study the notes. Amen. 
And so if you're not going to take the notes, go listen to it. It's free now. You just have to pay $5 for a cassette and $3 for something else. Now you can just go to the website and listen to the message as many times as you want. But the devil has told you, you don't have time to do that. I heard pastor on Sunday. Now, that's enough now. I don't need to hear him every day. Amen. Whoo. Study the Word. Meditate. You know, when you get into the Word of God and you meditate, it's like a, y'all don't know this example, it's like a cow chewing her cuds. You know, a cow has two stomachs. You know, so what a cow does is they eat, 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 and then if you watch them in the pasture, they're sitting down and they're chewing. So they don't digest the food in the first stomach, but they regurgitate it and they chew it over again and they digest the food. So you're not going to be able to digest this by listening the first time. You need two, three, four, five, six times sometimes to be able to digest this word. So, you know, you know so when you're listening and it, sh- and it sounds like that I've said something that cuts across the grain and you just cannot bear this thing, go back to the word and study it before you reject it. Meditate on the Word of God. Memorize. Memorize the Word of God. So if you attempt to listen to God apart from studying the Word or listening to communicate it correctly from the Bible, it's a recipe for deception and it's a recipe for for destruction. What are you saying? Did you understand what I said? I said if you attempt to listen to the Word of God Without studying the Word of God, or excuse me, I said if you, I meant if you attempt to listen to God, get that clear. If you attempt to listen to God apart from studying the Word of God, it is a recipe for deception and a recipe for destruction. Because the devil is speaking out here. So if you don't know the word, and you haven't been studying the word of God, and you say, I'm just listening to God. And you know, I woke up this morning, I was just listening to the Lord. And you ain't been in the word. You don't know whether you're listening to the Lord or not. I listen to a gospel song. I love my gospel music. That's good, but you need the word. How many of you realize that whoever wrote the song, it might have been true for them, but it may not be true for you? (laughs) So you got to have the word. There is no substitute. This is where your witness is. Don't be fooled by anybody. You can listen to God. You're so spiritual that you don't ever pick up your Bible. Or you don't pick it up on a regular basis. And you don't get in that word instead of that word, but you're just listening to the voice of God. And Satan can sound just like God. He disguises himself as an angel of light. That's why when Jesus was tempted, he did not say, get behind me, Satan, first. He said, it is written. He gave you an example. You got to listen. You got to listen. You got to listen. Amen. We're not to be led by our own minds. We're not to be led by our own likes. 
We're not to be gathering to, to ourselves with itching ears, teachers who are going to teach us what we want to hear. We're to listen to the pure Word of God. It will, it's able to save our souls. It'll rescue for you from the clutches of the devil. It'll keep you from making grave errors in judgment and from engaging in things that don't glorify God. So if you're going to become spiritually mature, believers, you've got to listen to the pure word of God. Don't become dull of hearing. Oh, but then he says something else. He says, so, verse 12, are y'all there? Still in the Bible. So, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. You have come to need milk and not solid food. Ooh. So, in order, along with listening, you need to be teaching other people. <laughs> you need to be teaching others, which means then that what you're learning, you're communicating to other people. Now, this shows us that these people are slipping backwards because it says to them, he said, by this time, you ought to be teachers, but you need someone to teach you again. Not that they had not been taught, but they needed someone to teach them again the first principles of the oracles of God. So they had been taught, but they weren't following what they were doing. I'll get back to this point of teachers, okay? Because, because he said, by this time, you ought to be teaching others. So not only must I listen, I'm going to get into the practicing part, but a big part of my growth is that I am engaging and I am teaching other people, all right? I am sharing what I've learned. Amen. I'm sharing what I've, I'm sharing with my children. I'm sharing it with my grandchildren. I'm sharing it when the Lord gives me an opportunity on my job. I'm sharing it when the Lord gives me an opportunity at Barlow or at Walmart or wherever, wherever I am. I am embracing the teaching. And I have embraced it so that I'm communicating it. I'm not trying to make this too intricate, all right, all right, uh, and make it seem that like you, uh, that, that you have to be a scholar to teach. James does say that, you know, that not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that, that we who teach will be judged more strictly, all right? In essence, don't be in a rush to become a teacher, all right? I, I understand what the Bible says, but this passage says that by this time, you need to be sharing what you've learned. A part of you growing is sharing what you've learned, and you share stuff. How many of you hear a song for the first time and share it with somebody else? You need to listen to this. First time you heard it, you liked it and you shared it. You're sharing things all of the time. You're sharing advice with your children, with your grandchildren, with your friends. I just shared some advice about eating. And I'm sharing advice about the Word of God. What I've learned, what I've, what I've learned, I'm sharing. And I'm not just sharing it with you. That's why I don't use Facebook to talk about foolishness. Amen. Amen. You're going to see on my Facebook page something about the Word of God. Somebody needs to hear the Word of God. 
You mean if I'm in the Bible every day, God is speaking to me every day. I'm getting something every day. I don't have to be on Facebook talking about somebody uh, who talking about who talking about me, who talking about my household, who talking about my church. That ain't that's foolishness. And people do that because they don't have anything else to share. Get in the Word of God. Learn the Word of God. Share the Word of God. In the text in Hebrews, it's speaking in general to every believer. Those taught in the faith are expected to teach others what they've been taught. Every one of you are expected to teach others what you've been taught. Every one of you. Every one of you. 1 Peter 3 and 15 again says, but sanctify Sanctify the Lord God in your heart and be ready to give, an, give a defense to everyone who asks your reason for the hope that is in you. You've been taught in the faith, be ready to share your faith. I know that scripture deals with the defense of the faith, but when you're defending the faith, you're teaching. Because when people come to you with error and you say, no, sister, no, brother, this is the way it is. You are teaching, but you're also defending the faith. Because so many people are caught up in error. Yeah. Yeah. Don't hold on to what you have. Tell your neighbor, don't hold on to what you have. Teach it to others. Then he says, I'm almost done. Then he says uh, that Christians should move on from milk to solid food. From the elementary teachings about Christ. These are elementary teachings. Repentance, that's at the bottom. Repenting from sin. That's at the very bottom. That's elementary. That's basic. We shouldn't be going over why you need to repent and you've been in the Lord 20 years. Faith, elementary. Baptisms, elementary. Laying on of hands, elementary. The resurrection and judgment, Elementary. Some people today still say, I don't understand why y'all lay hands on people when they come to the Lord. It's, it's elementary. The Bible says that we are to lay hands on people and pray for them. Elementary. You should know these things. You should be teaching this to others. But you need to be taught again. Okay? And as we are training believers in these things, it's important to note that we can't stay here for five or ten years. This is the milk of the gospel. From here, we are to move believers on to solid food. The more difficult, detailed, and integral teachings of Scripture that equip them for the work of ministry. So now, you know, milk is easy. You just, just suck the bottle and it just comes out. But steak, you got to chew that thing. You got to chew vegetables. You know, if you don't chew it and you, you gulp food down, you're going to have issues with your stomach. It's more difficult. It's more difficult. We need solid food. Sometimes, sometimes seriously, saints, seriously, I feel like I have to go back and teach elementary things. Not that people are doing so wrong, but when I ask questions in Bible study that people can't answer, I'm saying, Lord, what is this? Well, I got to go back over this again. 
I got to go back over this again because I want to make sure you got it. These are basic things. Basic things. Because you got to go on to the more difficult. Oh, I got to get to some difficult stuff now. Now, now listen to what he says. He says, solid food is for the mature, who by constant use. Let me find the scripture. Uh, yeah. Which verse? Verse 14. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age to mature, not, not physically mature, spiritually mature, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. You read that? Something similar. Your translation may be a little bit different. Translation I, I wrote from says, by constant use. By constant use. Somebody say constant use. In other words, you can't just listen to the word preached or taught. You can't just teach others. But if you really want to be a mature believer, you must constantly use the word of God in your own life. You've got to practice what you've learned on a constant basis. The word has to be used by you. Constant use every day. Do you, you know, I can't tell you how I deal with myself from the Word of God. Before I even deal with you, I deal with myself from the Word of God. If I teach you that the Bible says that if somebody slaps me on one cheek, I got to turn the other. Believe me, I process that thing. And I am not quick to retaliate against people. It's going to take a whole, whole lot for me to slip that far that I retaliate against people. I even got to the point that I stopped praying for God to get people who did me wrong. Because vengeance belongs to the Lord. And I might be missing something. There might be something in me that God might be doing. I can't tell you how I deal with me before I preach to you. But then when I look at believers, it's like, it's not a constant use of Scripture. And I'm not talking about anybody in particular. I'm talking about all of us. I'm not talking just about T.O.P. I'm talking about Christians around the world. This is a serious issue because we do not constantly use this Bible. You got to constantly challenge yourself. Or accept the challenge that come from the Scripture. And the only way I accept it is that I got to know it. I got to know what the Bible says. How can I be challenged if I don't know what the Bible says? How is the Holy Ghost going to bring something back to your remembrance that you haven't even studied? So now you got to go search the Scripture to find out what you're doing is right or wrong. You ain't going to do that because you already made up your mind. You're going to do what you want to do. Got to practice what you learn. You cannot grow into spiritual maturity if you're always learning and never practicing what you're learning. 
Spiritual maturity comes as you learn and apply and see the benefit of the application in your life. Is it tough? Lord, have mercy. Sometimes it's tough. All right. But it's a part of the process. You take the scripture, not just the easy part. I, I told one of our youth yesterday, he said, I like to read the Psalms because I feel like that's where I am. And I said, that's good. But you got to read more than the Psalms. Do you know that people who practice palm reading use the Psalms? They'll give you a psalm to read. Do you realize that the psalm, the psalms, David, is, is, it is poetry. It, it's, it's, it's the word of God, but, but David is sharing, and many of the writers are sharing their emotional feelings about God and what have you. Yeah, we ought to be there, but if you want some hard instruction, go past the psalms. You got to go past the psalms. I love reading the psalms, but I need the epistles. Yeah. I need to read the Old Testament. I need to see that God will do what he said he would do. Yes, he's a God of, of mercy, but he's a God of justice. I need to challenge myself and say, God, how long will you put up with me in my sin? How long did he put up with Israel in their sin? Did God do what he said he would do? Yes, he did. He allowed foreign nations to come in and destroy them. He's a God of justice. That's why when I look at the world and I look at the scripture and I see what's happening even in nature, I believe that many of the things that's happening in nature today is the judgment of God upon this wicked age that we're living in. So I got to read the scriptures, not just the easy parts. I got to read the tough parts. I read this scripture a long time ago, and I'm going to read it again today, and I want you to listen to it. Now, the Lord gave me some help. I ain't going to tell you to help today because you need to go back and study. But you got help. And this very same passage of scripture, maybe I'll tell you to help. But <laughs> Hebrews chapter 6, verses 4 through 6. Are y'all there? Please listen. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have been become, become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the power of the age to come, if they fall away to renew them again to repentance, since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God and put him to open shame. says it's impossible for you to get forgiveness. Now, how many of you read it? I have read it before. And you go to Romans and you find out that God is great. Praise the name of Jesus. The Lord is a gracious God. But when you read that scripture, it ought to challenge you. It ought to challenge you so that when you decide that you're going to fall into sin, no, that you're going to not, you didn't fall, that you're going to walk into sin. That the Bible says, 
in this passage of Scripture that's impossible for you to, to repent. But we want to go to heaven. You go back and read Romans, you read some more, and you get an understanding a bit deeper of that Scripture. What, what the writer of Hebrews is saying is he's challenging you. Think about the decisions that you're making. Think about the choices that you're making. Because many of us literally, deliberately sin. We know we are doing wrong, and we do it anyway. Oh, let's read another one. Let's read 1 John. Y'all with me? I'll let you go in a few minutes. 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. Now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. I think that's cut and dry. So I can't just take the ease of passages. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He sure is. But if you say you know the Lord and you're not doing what the Lord says do, then the Bible says you are a liar. And you're not doing, and the truth is not in you. It didn't say you weren't doing the truth. It said the truth is not in you. Don't worry about it. I'm almost done. Let me go a little bit further. First Peter, chapter 4, verses 12 and 13. But rejoice to the extent that you, part that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, Blessed are you, for the spirit of glory and of God rest upon you. Well, am I reading the right one? Chapter 4, verses 12 and 13, verse 12. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trials which is, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice to the extent that you are partakers of Christ's suffering. Whoop. Don't think it's strange when you're going through things. I don't understand why Christians think it's strange when we start going through stuff. It's not supposed to happen to me. Are y'all listening? Come on. I mean, this is where the rubber meets the road. I was reading, I read something that said the meat is on the street, and I didn't understand what it meant. It was some kind of saying. I said, well, must be this is where the rubber meets the road. Saying if you want to meet the gonna get the meat, you gotta get on the street and get it. You know, that means that you gotta get out from your, your protective shelter and you gotta deal with these issues. Think about it, saints. So we shouldn't think it's strange because we're Christian and we go through stuff. We're gonna go through some things. We're gonna have some hurt and some pain and some heartache. We're gonna go, Jesus suffered. When I heard that song, if Job had to suffer, what about me? 
immediately I began to think, if Jesus had to suffer, what about me? Who am I that I can't suffer? Who am I that I can't die? Doesn't mean I'm going to die, but who am I? I can't just take the good parts of Scripture. I've got to take the tough parts of Scripture if I'm going to grow into maturity. Are y'all listening? And i got to constantly use this. He said, through constant use, through constant use, through constant use, through constant use, all saints of God, the constant use. He said they've trained themselves to distinguish good. Somebody, some, and, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but someone recently, and I don't know if it's here or wherever it was, and it's not a bad thing. Somebody asked me to pray for them that they would have the spirit of discernment so they know good from evil. What does this Bible say? This Bible says that through constant use, they train themselves to distinguish good from evil. Didn't say pray for the spirit of discernment to come on you. But when you constantly use the scriptures, the whole scripture, the whole word of God, and you practice it in your life, and you apply it to your life, the scriptures will train you to discern good and evil. Do you know how to really hear the voice of God? Read the word. You begin to know what sounds like God and what doesn't. Read the word. Read the word. I'm just going to go on and finish this. So if you're going to be a mature believer, you can't be a hearer of the word only. You got to be a doer of the work of the word. So we get into the Bible and learn it and practice it and train our and train ourselves in the Bible. It will help us distinguish good from evil. It will help us to discern what God wants, what God commands, rather than what we want, or what we go after in our lives, or rather than what the world wants, and what the world will push you to go after. Uh, it will help you to discern what God wants, as opposed to what the devil wants, and what the devil pushes you to go after. That's if you want to be a mature believer. Now, saints, the dangerous thing, the dangerous thing about slipping into immaturity is that you open yourself up to be defeated by the enemy and everything that defeat brings to you. So now, there's no joy in the Lord anymore. There's no desire to worship. There's no joy for the fellowship of believers anymore because you slip back. You slip back. But for whatever reason, you slip back. But why would they slip back? Because they weren't listening. They, become, they became dull of hearing. They weren't using, they weren't teaching what they were learning. And they weren't constantly using it. So they weren't being trained. Got to use this word. I can't use it for you. I cannot use the word for you. I can only 
teach you. I can only encourage you, but you've got to use the word for yourself. You got to. You got to. There are a whole lot of other challenging scriptures. I could be up here all day long telling you scriptures, challenging scriptures. It's hard sometimes when you read those challenging, tough scriptures. You said, did the Lord really mean that? Yeah. I was sitting down the other day, and the Lord gave me a title for another book. I got to write the first one. But the Lord gave me a title for another book, and I started writing my outline. Is God really serious about what he says? Because some of us act like what God said in this Bible is not serious at all. Where else are you going to get God's word from? Where? Where are you going to get it from? Or do you want the word anymore? Maybe you want Dr. Phil. Maybe you want Oprah. You know? Maybe you want the latest philosophy of the time. Do you want God's Do you value God's word? Do you value what God has said? Are you willing to move beyond all wise fables or all common sayings and learn the word of God and be trained in the word of God? Are you willing so you can grow towards spiritual maturity? Being a spiritually mature person does not mean that you're going to be without trials and tribulations and afflictions. Paul said, I want to know him and the power of his resurrection, but I want to know him in the fellowship of his suffering also. So I'm going to go through some stuff, but it makes a difference when I mature in the Lord. You heard me say before, when I die, I want to die with a smile on my face. I don't want to go kicking and screaming because that means that my faith is not where it should be. If I have to leave this world kicking and screaming. Bishop Long's daughter said at his funeral, she said, when my daddy was in his last days, he didn't complain. Whenever he had a pain, he just said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I never will forget the last time I visited Sister Talbert. And when she said she was talking about dying and, and tears started welling up in my face. And she said, oh, Pastor. She, she said, don't do that. She says, all right. That's the testimony I want. But it comes from a faith that is mature. And you got to wrestle with some stuff. If your faith is going to be mature, if you're going to mature in the Lord, you got to wrestle with you. You got to wrestle with your flesh. You got to wrestle with the devil and what all the stuff he tries to put in your mind. Your faith is going to be mature. This ain't about you today. Really, it was never about you. It's about your relationship with God. God wants you to mature. He wants you to mature. And he wants you to want it. You say, how can it? But why would the Bible say count it joy? Why? What the Bible say? 
Count it joy when you're falling into devil's trials. If God says, if God doesn't intend for you to want what he takes you through to mature you. I know that sounds strange. But see, God knows what I don't know. So, if I had to choose what would mature me, what would I choose? I'll be sitting out on the beach with a glass of lemonade in my hand, looking at the waves come in. I said, Lord, mature me. Lord, mature me. I'll be on an airplane flying to Africa, getting on the beach somewhere, staying in a nice five-star hotel. I said, Lord, mature me. Lord, mature me. I said, that ain't, ain't going to mature you. That's not going to mature you. You're going to go through some things. And you got to deal with it. Rest assured, I will not leave you, nor will I forsake you. But you've got to deal with it. Nobody else can deal with it for you but you. People can encourage you through it. They can't do 